Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. the boys in white and blue and we're back with another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And never before has our podcast's name been more appropriate for Vancouver Whitecaps than this season because there is still time, it appears, in every single Whitecaps game for them to launch a a comeback and get back into the game, taking a point, taking all three. They took all three on Friday night and we're going to delve into the the Whitecaps-Houston game in this show, bring you some post-game audio, look at the lie of the land in the Western Conference and have a little bit of a delve into the Whitecaps running as well. Have a look at some of the comings and goings this week in Whitecaps mm. land and a few other things about we'll chat about as well. But before we get into all of that, how has your your week been, Zach? I know Bundesliga's back, so you've been <laughs> enjoying that. Oh yeah, how can you not? It's... Uh... So I, I I manage quite fine to be honest. Yeah, yeah you watch their British rubbish football, right? Uh English. Oh, you I thought you hate the English. I I like watching English football. It's the best league in the world. Have you not seen the the adverts for it? It's uh, definitely not that to me. But. I haven't actually caught up. We're, we're recording this on Saturday night. I haven't actually caught up with the the games today. I do have football and I watched it for the first time on Friday afternoon. Oh yeah, uh, the Crystal Palace Arsenal game. I was quite happy with the the production and everything on it, but there's been a lot of criticism because they're only streaming it in seven twenty, as opposed oh. to like ten eighty. Was or... this, is the zone ten like the zone higher? Yeah, the zone was pure HD. This is just seven twenty. So oh, folk, that's bad. especially folk with four K TV, are saying oh, yeah. the picture quality is terrible. The sound for a lot of people was dropping in and out as well. I've got to say, mine was fine. I watched it on my Fire Stick. I had trouble downloading the app on my Fire Stick. I had to change my account temporarily to America to download it there and then put it back to Canada, and then it, it works weirdly. I had no issues, but a, a lot of folk have. have you, I know you've got the football. Have you used it much? And what, what I, have you I've made used it? I, I, I don't love it. <laughs> I've used it mostly to watch one soccer, but it, it actually... Uh... I w- yeah, I would have, I might have, 
after this experience, I might just go back to one soccer next next. Well, if one soccer, mm. if one soccer can keep you know keep on keeping on and keep its fight against the with the CRTC against Rogers or whatever. Yeah, I um, saw that this week it, uh, in the Globe and Mail that they they're yeah, taking for it, anyone that doesn't know they're trying to take Rogers to the CRTC for not allowing them to get on their their cable packages basically, and they're saying it's a monopoly and it's denial of of their business and fair trade and they do have a very valid point to be honest yeah so we'll see what happens to that but like i i just did it because because my one soccer was up and i was like okay either stuff i want to watch on one soccer i might as well just get all this at once i i, I really uh i don't know how much i'll watch live and how much i'll record but i do yeah. enjoy syria so syria is on there and so um i'm looking forward to that starting next week hopefully we'll catch a little bit but I mean, for me, the priorities the Bundes the Bundesliga yeah. is. I, I mean, I've only watched three of the the eight games from the weekend. They're not eight of the nine games are on TV this weekend. Yeah. And do you do you have Sportsnet World? Yeah. Unfortunately, I have, I pay for Sportsnet World, right. which feels feels horrendous. But uh, well, they have the Bundesliga. I'll pay for it. I I, I got to see if there's a better way to do what I'm doing. Like I like that I can PVR all, the, all virtually all the games on my, on my my tv like they're they're you know yeah. a few of them are like you get one friday saturday morning saturday second one you usually get five live sometimes six um and then the others they play on replay and so you can catch them there that way so I, like i that's great for me because i'll watch them throughout the week but to, oh, yesterday obviously I, well actually they're they're showing some bundesliga 2 again like they did at the end of last year so i got to i got to watch who was it yesterday uh it was fun um Tomorrow is Kaiserslautern versus St. Pauli at the uh, first Walter Stadion in Kaiserslautern or the Betzenberg, which I'm really looking forward to. But what was it yesterday? It was really enjoyable. Oh, it was, uh, it was Goethe Furt against um, Karlsruhe. So not a, not a very uh, flashy did, game. It was the last episode that was a German special. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you should have saved all I'm this sorry. chat for then. But it was, but it was great, great watching. Kirk and I, Kirk and I enjoyed watching it. There's a couple of players on uh, going to refer to have, you know been Bayern players, so watching them was fun. And then tomorrow, I'm not going to watch it live because it's 4:30 a.m. But I'm going to watch the the Kaiserslautern uh, St. Pauli game uh, at some point throughout the week. Mm. So yeah, so I'm going to watch eight Bundesliga and two second Bundesliga games this week, and then of course the uh, there's a Bundesliga team playing on Wednesday, which I'll be watching. Uh, two teams that play in white. Um, yeah, hope, I'm hoping for the German one to win. Oh, of course. It's the Super Cup, isn't it? Real Madrid, Frankfurt. It's a super, super cup. Mm. Um, but, but, but yeah, the, lots the of good reason I mentioned stuff. that is like, because you've got Sportsnet World, so you're paying for that. And if you want to watch the Bundesliga, you need Sportsnet and or Sportsnet World, depending on how much of it you want to watch. Mm. We've covered this in, in the show a few episodes back about all the different things. So I I still have the zone because yeah. I primarily watch darts on it and I've got the darts I've got boxing there's obviously the Champions League as well and uh, Europa League Conference League so it's great for that they've got the championship they've got the the Carabao Cup so for me right now the zone is still worth it but my subscription expires in January and I'm probably not going to renew it because they've put the price up. They've lost yeah. the Premier League, but they've put the price up. That was Which weird. is a ballsy move. But it was interesting. I don't know if you noticed on Twitter, 
Friday and Saturday, the zone was trending. And as soon as I saw it was trending, I knew why. Yeah. And it's because that was when many people first realised that the zone yeah. didn't have the Premier League rights and it was on football, which most folk hadn't heard of, to be honest. Yeah. And it's just, it's ridiculous that you need all these different things. I got my football subscription because I had a, a deal in the summer where it was 100 bucks for the year. So I thought, I'll get it for a year, I'll try it. I cancelled one soccer on TELUS. I do like the PVR facility on TELUS mm-hmm. to, to watch and fast forward through games. I haven't tried the record facility on Fubo yet, but I've been fairly happy with Fubo so far, just from the, the quick experience this weekend. I don't know. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts it, as well. But, I mean, it's so much money you've got to shell out for all The other things. thing about the zone is you are able to watch Tejan Buchanan play most of his games for because they have the Belgian League. Mm. Yeah, so last year, I would, last year I would, like, uh, you know, go through Tejan's games and then Byron had a striker on loan at Anderlecht, so I'd watch a bunch of Belgian football. But, yeah, my zone runs out soon. And I will probably – I might renew for – I might do month-to-month just to watch Champions League. And then, like, take whatever the time off, you hey, know, during the World Cup. Share my login, I'll give you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not really comfortable doing. <laughs> we're doing that, but you're right. It, it is kind of it's it's a cycle, though, right? Or it's not maybe not a cycle. It's it's that it's the, the the progression of of football and television in Canada, right? Like we went from like having nothing. We went we went yeah, from like it's having feast or famine. Yeah, exactly. We went from having Soccer Saturday where you're watching last week's highlights, right? But then we basically we had everything and it was um, it was not everything. We had a lot, you know, and it was it was free in most cases or you had to pay maybe for this league or that league, you know. But now, yeah, now it's you got to pay for everything and they're all in different things. And it's it's very difficult to to have all of them. Yeah, it's especially at this current times as well, where there's people really struggling money-wise, cost mm-hmm. of living's going through the roof for everything, inflation's going up. Uh, folk are going to have to make their decisions. And we, we spoke about this when MLS announced a new Apple deal, because yes. from next year, there's your other thing as well. Because, of course, the zone has got MLS just now. How could I forget that yeah. for an yeah, MLS podcast? Yeah. Um, that, that's and they're going to lose that for. next year as well. So... Yeah, the Apple thing, though, it's weird because we don't know, right? Like, if you have Apple TV+, Plus, it's probably not going to be included in that. It's probably going to be some no, other No, it's going to be, thing. there's going to be some games on Apple TV+, Plus, but if you want everything, you have to get a separate MLS Apple subscription. And so we don't know the be... cost of that yet. We don't, I mean, hopefully there's a bit of a media discount that we can get. Um, but th- that's that's going to be crazy. If it's like 20, like 20 bucks a month or 15 yeah. bucks a month or like... More than a hundred dollars a year. That's gonna be They're crazy. taking a gamble. Yeah. The people and they've signed a ten-year deal, so it's a big gamble. But they're they're taking this gamble that people care enough about MLS to shell that money out well, if money maybe, is tight. Maybe their plan is to get an old Italian on every team, and then yeah. hope that lots of Italian people pay for it. That's that's the way to do it. I mean, that's how you sell tickets. Clearly, working for TFC, they've turned things around. And Sinye scored. No longer can we say that Simon Betcher had more goals than Lorenzo and Sinye. That lasted for less than 24 hours, but it was fun while it lasted. But I think that does bring us nicely into talking about MLS and talking in about the Whitecaps. Although I am curious, let us know what streaming services you've got for football just now. And did you prioritise where your money was going to go? 
And are you going to prioritise even more? And where does MLS fit into your your priority? I guess it, a lot of also depend on the quality of the service and what you get as well. But it's going to be all MLS all the time with individual shows and stuff. And as long as they make sure that every team is covered, it's never going to be fairly. Because obviously the Whitecaps are a bit down the picking order compared to say Seattle or LAFC Just with their the star-studded names. But as long as it's good stuff for fans of all teams, it's going to be interesting. But let's talk MLS now. Let's get into the Whitecaps game from Friday night. The Dynamo came to town and I was confident in the build-up to this, probably up until Thursday, that this should be a, a fairly comfortable win for the Whitecaps. They'll right the wrongs of the last two home games. They'll build on this away form. They'll build on the Canadian Championship win and they'll kickstart their season running with a, a, a win over Houston that was going to give them a big confidence boost. And at the end of the day, they got the three points. The comeback kids did it again. And if we, let's be brutally honest, it was a horrible game of football for oh. the most part. It was not a, a good game. It was not a good no. performance from the Whitecaps. But we've talked about it before. It's how you leave them. That's yeah. always what they say in show business. It's how you leave them. You leave them wanting more. You leave them on a high. And as I always say, it's the end result that ultimately matters. And it doesn't matter necessarily how you get there. As long as you get there and you go home with the three points. That's pretty much what the Whitecaps did in this one, Zach. Yeah. But I mean, I think... It, uh, partly why things weren't better for them earlier in the match was they were so hampered by you know who they could put on the field yeah well let, let's get into that right away then because it was the worst possible build-up as a covid outbreak took out six players although valley did say afterwards it only affected his starting lineup by three players so wait Godinho, kubas and dahomey or, yeah, I would think that would probably be the three that he was talking about. But or, then, or it also, maybe. I mean, poor Kyle. He's just he's just not having any any luck get, since he's come here. Is he gonna get Godoyed? I don't know how many caps he must have run over or mirrors that he's broken. But he he does have a had a bad string of, of luck. We'll come to Godoy in part three because yeah. yeah, but. I mean, it wasn't even necessarily the starting lineup because I thought it wasn't a too bad starting lineup that they ended up going with. It wasn't ideal, but for for who was available, because Kava wasn't able to to start and 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 go more than just a, a subs role, and then you look at the bench as well, and uh, Schopf was on it, Berhalter was on it, and Bikel were on it, but Vanny said later that they were basically just there for moral support. They, they they weren't going to be playing. Well, th I mean, that's what you want for your substitutes. Mm. You know, moral support. Yeah. If, so if you were, want someone are... on the bench for moral support, I still feel there's a chance I can earn an MLS contract here. Totally. I, I can be creating this. Deals. Yeah. I can be like, come on, guys. Come on. You can do it. Now warming up for the one caps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that, that would bring a few. Boo, Fanny, so, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so Bickle, Burhalter, and Shop were all just decoy subs. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's Which does lot. make That's you wonder why... I can understand maybe... one, but... A yeah. Lot. I, I guess maybe at a push shop could have come on and run about 
put himself in the shop window. Well, what's wrong with <laughs> what's wrong with B- Bikel? I thought he. Well, he's still he's still getting up to fitness. Oh, just because okay, like Bikel and Shop okay. haven't played games. And Bur- since May. Burhalter's, Burhalter's still he's coming just back, back from, from injury. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe at a push they could have gone a minute or so, but. I think the lineup was pretty much the best that it could be with what he had on offer. But it, obviously, the COVID outbreak hit that bench drastically. There was a couple of WFC two call ups, Ali Ahmed and Simon Betcher, and whoa, they they paid off as we'll we'll get to as the game went on. But one thing I want to talk about, and I tweeted about this. This just pisses me off, and it was explained to me why they do it. And obviously, it is a bit different in North America, and it's it's actually a bit different in other places now as well. I didn't like that the Whitecaps the day before the game had to say which players came down with COVID. Mm. It's like, these are our players that aren't playing tomorrow. Because right away, you've tipped your hand to Houston. You've let them know a a big key guy like Kubis all of a sudden is out. And then you see who else is out. And I'm pretty sure Houston could have worked out what the team was going to be from who was actually available. And based on that, they then put out their team and have their whole tactics and game plan based on that. I I like the old-fashioned days where... You would turn up to a game and somebody wasn't there and you'd be like, oh, I didn't know that person was injured and you'd only find out afterwards what the situation was. But it was explained by a couple of folk on Twitter. Martin McMahon mentioned it. Manuel Veth mentioned it. The, didn't didn't the, Steve tell us one of the reasons? Yeah, Steve had mentioned in our chat as well that it all seems to be because of the rise of sports betting. Yeah. That if you're betting on the games, you have to have full transparency of who's playing and who's not. And... If you're making decisions like this and putting that info out there for betting, then I I don't want to sound like one of these UK pundits. The game's gone. The game's gone. But the game's gone. Like, if you're basing things around betting, and we know the influence that betting has in the sport, especially in the UK, it's plastered all over the jerseys of, of teams there and advertising boards all around, which is something that they are looking at trying to limit. But it's... I, I just think it's bad that a team has to reveal that and tip its hand to the opposition. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of of the betting, but... And yeah. I know all sports here do it, so I know it's not just soccer, but no, still, no, yeah. I, I, I just don't think it's ideal. But it is what it is, and the lineup was what it was, and it, it wasn't a great performance. We won't delve too much into most of the game to be honest, because there's not tons to talk about. But six minutes in, Houston <laughs> took the lead. And at first it was given to Fafa Pico. Then it Did was given to away? Junkwa. Yep, then it was given to Junkwa. And then it went back to Fafa. Did he, I don't know if he touched it. I don't it. think he touched I, it. I don't think he touched it either. I think it was Junkwa's ball. But no matter what it was, it was horrible defending. Yes. And... It was the second phase of a corner. The Caps only cleared it to the edge of the box. Felt a Junkwa. He just floated the ball in. It took a bounce on the six-yard line. Fafa made his run. And because of that run, it put Cropper off. And I saw Cropper getting a a bit of criticism for, oh, he didn't even make an attempt to die for it. And it's well, like coming he was to, completely he was coming to the wrong-footed. Man. Yeah, he was wrong-footed because he was coming to Fafa. Because he um, thought Fafa was going to connect. And if Fafa connected, Fafa was not putting it where it went. Fafa was going to put it in the far corner. Yeah. 
I have to say, player of quality of the game, uh, Ranko, did not look good as the ball floated over his head on that play. Yeah, he wasn't he was my one... player of quality. For me, no. it was Julian Gressel hands down. I Okay, yeah, I, I can see that. But I heard lots of him getting lots of shtick yeah, as well. Yeah, I, I saw on the Facebook page someone said, oh, he looks like he's still on his holidays. And it's like, what? He was excellent. I thought he was the best Whitecaps player for that 90 minutes. Yeah, one of the one of his best plays was, uh, I think it was just under halfway through the first half. Um, I, I haven't seen this a lot, and maybe you can correct me from the Whitecaps in in the the time where they've used uh, wingbacks, where Ryan Raposo, who I also thought had moments in the game, uh, made a nice um, or you know took on his man on the left side, went past them, put over a nice cross. And Gressel just kind of mishit it and drove it into the ground and it bounced just wide. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that's like, this is looking like a different kind of football than I'm yep. used to Vancouver playing. That's what I like my wing backs or yes. full backs to do. And I've totally. gone on for years. And yeah, I mean, that was a that was a great chance. He just didn't get a full connection with it and it went past. And let's be honest, that was pretty much the, the only thing that the Whitecaps had in that first 45 minutes was that chance. I mean, there just wasn't, much an offer from them at all but going back to the goal that they gave up yeah how can you allow Fafa just to ghost in like that it's just baffling to me if I could really be bothered to watch all the goals back this season it just feels like more than half of them has just been some guy waltzing in unmarked or rising unchallenged to to meet a ball is that do you think it's just can still maybe Maybe this is a weak excuse, but do you think it's still maybe the, some of the some of those backline players adjusting to the three at the back and who's got who and what, like where to pick up and all that kind of Probably, stuff? Probably like, because they're like thinking that, that thinking that the fullback, thinking that the fullback or one of the midfielders has that run and then being caught out. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Vanny said at halftime he wanted the back line to play much higher. He felt they were playing too deep. Hmm. So it is maybe just getting those messages out and. I mean, Houston, after that, they looked quite comfortable because the Whitecaps didn't really take anything to it. And the, the game picked up from about the hour mark. I've got to say, the first hour was pretty woeful. And Ulferson nearly made it two on the hour mark. Again, in acres of room, he just ghosts in. The ball comes over to him and Cropper gets a hand on it, tips it on at the post and then recovers the rebound. But if that had gone to 2-0 then, that was lights out. And for me, it was borderline season over for the Whitecaps at, at that point as well. But those are, those are the fine lines in football. We're still using that? I, I, I genuinely think it's a very valid phrase. But yeah, we won't use it too much. But Gressel had a shot after that, that Clark produced a, a leg save on. And the, the game for maybe a five, ten minute spell, kind of flowed end to end. It got a little bit exciting, but then that was it. And then it went back into a lull again. But that and that, um, uh, that the shot that the Cropper put onto the post, again, it like this whole whole game, although it was not, the, the game wasn't great and less, was less exciting and, and engaging or whatever. It felt like this is, this is the like a stereotypical Vancouver game in 2022. Like they give up the lead. Don't they give up the lead? 
don't score in the first half, aren't really playing great in the first half, and halftime comes, and, oh, sorry, and the other team, both in the first and or second halves, fail to take advantage of the other opportunities they create to yes. extend the lead. But that went off the post. I exactly thought of that because you've yeah. said that so many and, times. And then Vancouver, late, comes in, comes back to either gain a draw or to to out note win the game. Like, it it felt such like a, a game in, in this last whatever, this season, maybe even a little bit back to last mm. year, but definitely this season. Well, Sarita tweeted out afterwards that that was the seventh time that the Whitecaps have scored in the 85th minute or later to turn mm-hmm. the game around and take at least a point. And they've taken 13 points from those games. And that's phenomenal. I mean, yeah. that is San Jose Goonies. But I mean, it is. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, it's not sustainable. Vanny says no. it's not sustainable. No. Everyone knows it's not sustainable. But they're sustaining it at the same time that that we're saying that. It's unsustainable, but also last year's run into the playoffs was totally unsustainable. Yeah, and now we're getting it again. I mean, you talk about stereotypical games. Cava picked up a booking and is suspended for the next game. (laughs) But he talked about that afterwards. It's like, I don't know what to do. Uh, I I hold the ball, I get a booking. I try and give the ball back, I get a booking. (laughs) He feels all his bookings are soft. Uh, well, that's he's being ignorant or or just maybe naive. He's he's being it's Cava being Cava, but I mean that's a big loss, which we'll we'll come to with with him yeah. missing that next game with the Whitecaps being at the bare bones because he went for an MRI this week, and he's he's fine. So at least that 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 was good. But yeah, it was another late, late show. that The Whitecaps made a couple of subs. They brought Ali Ahmed on. Right away, he brought a spark. I, I've i spoken on the show about Ali before. We've spoken to Ali on the show. We had a, a good chat with him a few episodes back. Check that out if, if you didn't hear it. He's a lovely lad. I want so much for him. He's so much potential. And he's had those opportunities and, and really taken them. And Simon Beecher was the latest call-up as well. Was it only his second? Yeah, he got an injury. Right, right, right. So right, he got right, injured, right, right. I want to say down in Colorado for WFC2, but he was out for maybe four or six weeks, so he's just been slowly coming back. I had a good chat with him at one of the WFC2 games. Uh, actually, it was the when Texas were up, when I was hanging around for 20 minutes waiting for Pa, uh, I filled <laughs> my time chatting to, to Ali Ahmed. So at least I... I Put it to good use, so we had a had a great chat. But Simon Beecher came on in the eighty second minute, and we'll talk a bit more about the, the two of them in, in the next part. And eighty eighth minute, it felt like from nowhere. It was a goal made by those two WFC two call ups, but before we even get to their their involvement, it was Gressel again. He gets mm. the ball, he's at the byline, yeah. cuts it back. Was he just switched onto the left wing? Like him and Raposo just sw- like, or no, Ali was playing like. So he was. What was his position at that moment? I don't know. Yeah, but I'm glad. I'm glad he was there. But it, right. yeah, I'm glad he was where he was at that right time. Yeah. Because he cuts it back, and you've got to give Ali Ahmed so much credit for making that room and getting onto that pass. And then he tried the shot himself, which, if we're being honest, it wasn't much of a shot. But it took a deflection from the Houston player into the path of Beecher and Cava. And Simon buries it in the back of the net. 
It's tied at 1-1. Delighted for him. It was a great finish. It was a great goal. And it got the Whitecaps back into this from nowhere. It was a great move all round. Totally. And we've spoken about this so many times. I felt they were going to go on and win it at that point. I just thought they're going to do this again. And they did. Two minutes into stoppage time. And it was a great strike by Cava. He got some pace on it. But if you're Clark, you can't let that beat you. No, I mean, yeah. I've said a number of times in the show, I do not rate Steve Clark. I thought he was not good at um, Columbus. Thought he was just as bad or worse at uh, in Portland. I was and jangling my keys at the screen. He, uh, yeah, it's a powerful shot and it hits and you know whatever. Kava gives it his you know his all, but that's a goalkeeping error. Like that's a horrendous goal. Like if you, I mean, if you if, if we called up Marius Rovda, I can only imagine the things he would say about about that goal. Yeah, from a goal from a goalkeeper's perspective. I mean. Kava got some power on it, so there is that, but a, a keeper has to keep that. You have to stop that. Yeah. And it, it came again, like Houston's goal from the second phase of a corner where the ball's mm-hmm. headed out to the box. And I want to give Michael Baldissimo a bit of credit here mm-hmm. because he, he kind of won the header. I'm not sure that he connected, but his challenge made the ball fall to Ranko. And then Kava says afterwards that he's screaming at Ranko, slide, slide to get the ball to him. And he didn't quite slide, but it came off his knee, I think. But it went into oh. the path of Kava, who made so his... much room for himself. I don't think it was his knee. But yeah, I think the guy actually even on the Baldissimo as he went up, I think the guy, uh, the Houston defend- the Houston player he went up against, I think was sort of trying to call for a foul from Baldissimo. Um, but yeah, if Baldissimo is not there, that doesn't happen. Or if he doesn't make that, ch- that ch- or go up for the ball in that way, I don't think that happens that way. It, I mean, it was a, a great moment, a great goal. The celebration was fantastic. Yeah. I thought Campbell was going to get a second yellow for kicking the corner flag because I have seen some guys get yellow cards well, this year for kicking the corner flag. Well, not even that. Going back to 2011, this is, I, 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 we've talked about this before, you and I. Uh, the, like, you're not allowed to go into the crowd to celebrate. Yeah. And so it's it's actually a booking. Yeah, and because I don't know if you remember that I was at that that media day or whatever, and I was sitting at the back, and the uh, I forget his name now, the guy oh, from the CSA. Yeah, he, he, he was he when he said that it's it's a yellow card for going, there, and I I think I said, I think I just went boo, and everyone turned around to look, and I, I, look, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I went I went and apologized to him after because I felt really bad. But no, it, it's supposed to be a booking because you're not supposed to in, interact with the fans in that way because it can create issues or problems or whatever yeah. but, but, but i mean it's wonderful I, I it was think wonderful it's ridiculous but oh, it's ridiculous if yeah. it's in the rules it's a safety thing i think yeah but it, it, it didn't matter who gives a shit it didn't bring a second yellow card it was the winning goal which just sent bc place into scenes of ecstasy again and i watched the the houston post game uh with nakamura and he just seemed shell-shocked i think houston just thought they had the job done. They didn't need to chase the game or even get a second. Because you look, they had Corey Baird and Mimo Rodriguez as mm-hmm. unused subs. Yep. So they were just trying to say, oh, okay, 1-0, let's just do this. Let's see the game out. 
if you're a Houston fan, you're like, why would you not bring those guys on, go for the jugular, get well, that second, and kill the game off? Especially in such an important game where if you win, you leapfrog Vancouver. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you're a Houston fan, you're. I mean, that's to me, that's their season done now. So never, never say never, but I think agree with you most. Yeah, yes. I mean, we'll have a look at how the West is standing in part three, and in, we've often said before it's the wild, wild West. Certainly living up to that tag again this this season. But yeah, three points, fantastic victory. It was a must-win game for me, and they won it. So that was very important. Let's hear a little bit of the, the post-game just now from Vanni Sartini, who was obviously cock-a-hoop. Well, at the end, we have three points. So, uh, again, I don't know, we, we gave away a goal, like, very naively. And, uh, you know... I don't know, in a very, I don't know what to say, yeah, really naive way. Then in the first half, we weren't playing well because I, th I think our back line was too low and uh, it gave them the possibility to pressure, uh, to, to, to play the ball and skip our pressure. But even though we weren't playing well, we had the chance to, to tie in the first half. We were pushing, we were trying to cross. I think our offensive player were trying to overdo anything. I was a little bit angry because they weren't doing offensively the thing that we tried we were all trying to to win the game with a special with a special thing instead of doing our our scripted play i would say and uh yeah so in the second half actually went much better and in fact we had the, the chance the possibility uh, of course pushing more pushing more they had one big chance and cody made the save uh, but at the end i think when when i when we scored the tie I think it was a fair result because we pushed, we pushed much more. Then at the end we scored the two one, so we take the we take the win even if maybe the, the tie was a fairer result. What does it mean to get this kind of result at this point in the year when you are still chasing the playoff spot? I think that uh, this win is uh, if we make the playoff. Uh, I think that should be in the highlights, really, if we make the playoff, that th this is the win that should go there. Because if we win the playoff, it's all because of this win. So it's a it's a very important game. And uh, we go from zero to three points that, that allow us to stay on, on the course of what we said, starting the new league, mini league, after the, after the cup of uh, trying to make win at home and uh, sneaking one, possibly, two good results away so uh, it makes us the, it allows us to I don't want to say relax but don't go in uh, in emergency mode against the galaxy and try to go there and make uh, make a result there in LA you talked about the fact that it was an important win and maybe it's a bit hyperbolic to say that the win saved the season but the wiggle room is so so small right now for the team you, you can easily just fall out of the playoffs if you don't get a couple of results here it was the same last season is this something that you really thrive on does this bring the best out of you to be under this pressure yeah, maybe i don't know I don't, I don't know i like it to be honest i like to be i like to have the result to be under pressure i like to have this uh, uh, uh thing that uh that's the reason why maybe we did also so well in the cup because uh, we liked uh, being uh, in and out. So, uh, and also I would say in historically, 
Italians were not the greatest planner. I'm talking about government too, the greatest planner in the world. But when we are in trouble, we are, we are able to, to pull out something. So maybe it's in my, in my DNA too. <laughs> Fanny Sartini there, very pleased with the victory, not so much the performance, but a, a win is a win in the end. They just have to somehow work out this slow start. And when I asked Fanny about it a couple of weeks ago, we joked, oh, it's because we, we play into the supporters in the, in the second half. Well, they're playing towards them in the first half this time and it didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't. So I think he needs well, but, to need to relook at that. But speaking of supporters, he was he was wearing a uh, a nice Rain City Brigade. Yeah, I thought that oh. was nice. I thought we yeah. have to get him an EFTN T-shirt. We have had folk asking for EFTN merch, and I keep oh, saying, yeah. "Yeah, we'll 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 get it, we'll get it." So at some you, point, I will have to get some. You can make like dozens of dollars off of doing that. <laughs> Bounty, yeah. Oh. If there's one thing you can say about Rain City Brigade, they have made some nice shirts over the years. Oh yeah. That I haven't bought any because they're all black, and when you've got a dog, black, like my wardrobe pre-dog was all black, and you look at all my band t-shirts I've got just now, and they're all, and that's B-A-N-D, I do have a few B-A-N-N-E-D, I'm kind of wearing yeah. one of them let's just like. Less talk, talking about your shirt today, the better. But the klaxons are. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we should send out a still of this. Uh, no, you shouldn't. Oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't. Okay. No, you shouldn't. Um, but yeah, it was a nice T-shirt and Vanny's sartorial elegance. I've liked what he's worn this year. He's had a good T-shirt T-shirt selection. So we, I, we, did I forget to mention what was the green thing he wore in Portland? I forget what it said, but it was a bad color choice. Yeah. Yeah, because it looked like a flounder stop, and a game away to Portland. Let's, let's re reclaim the green. You can you can try and redeem that puke green all you want, Michael. Yeah, not a nice colour. I mean, anything else you want to talk about from the game? Any individual players? Well, no, I think the thing, just for me, is, is this is, I think this is the archetype for Vancouver, even though, as you said there, Vanny and the coaches will want to change that. They, they want to be on the front foot. They want to get the lead. They don't want to have to keep nicking things, but at the same time, they're grateful. And so it's... Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how this is going to play out, man. Because I know, can uh, they, they keep it up? They, there's, I mean, yeah. If they they could they could pull off what they did last year, but I think to a, a probably a greater degree this year because they're the squad, despite the you know momentary uh, virus issues and some injuries which are of concern, the squad actually looks like quite a bit better with Alessandro Schopp now well, being with a him play in the midfield. And Kubis and Gressel. Yes. This has been a good window. Oh yeah. Like you, you can look at the big name guys that's come into Toronto and yeah, for for all we we say that it's a risk spending that money, they're big signs. They're massive splashes. You look at some of the players that's come into the LA teams and Yeah. Elsewhere in in the league, like DC United uh, added two DPs in in this window. The latest being Benteke. Yeah. So I mean, clubs are making moves, but I think the Whitecaps have made some of the best ones. 
They've strengthened where they've needed to strengthen. There's still well, one gap, which we'll, we'll talk about in, in part three. But... I can't say their moves are the best ones, Michael, because there are better qualities of players that you could get. But I think they well, have yeah. absolutely they have absolutely strengthened like key, key positions. With Kubis and Schaaf, they could have like the best midfield. Like, and, well, Kubis' and omission shows you how important he is oh, already because yeah. that midfield looked so impotent out there. If, with, with Kubis and Schaaf and um, Gold... Together, that's the best overall. I think Vancouver midfield in the MLS era, in in many ways, more or most complete, anyways. And so, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. And we you can't we can't close this you know close out our discussion on this game without talking about how encouraging it is to see players coming through the system, players selected in the draft, being yeah. able to being able to play in a second team, a reserve league, whatever you want to call it, and and honing their skills, and then being able to have a short-term contract to make match-winning contributions. Yes, that short-term contract aspect is fantastic. And a number of teams have used it well. Earlier in the season, TFC were making a lot uh, of call-ups from their guys as well, and some other teams were around the league as well. And the Whitecaps have used it. To be fair, they've had a, a needs must, but they've got that in place we'll talk a little bit about that actually in the next part as well as one of those guys that did make that contribution simon betcher and we'll be back with that after this hi i'm lucas carlini you're listening to the aft soccer show Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's a song I've, I've played before over the years. It's from 1979, Cockney duo Chaz and Dave, taken from their album Don't Give a Monkeys, and that was Getcha. And I, I played that because... <laughs> I've had that song in my head since we drafted Simon Betcha because I thought that's a great song that you can just rewrite for him. So I had a little go and it's like, when the kids are banging in the goals, Betcha, it's a feeling that never gets old, Betcha. And then just a chorus of Betcha, go son, Betcha. I might be alone in trying to do that song. That's maybe why it's a good job that, not on the terraces anymore. Will that take off at Bayview? I don't know, but we, we have been working on our East Fife podcast and we've signed a guy called Ryan Shavoni. So we've been going uh, the Nax My Sharona. Oh, Ryan Shavoni. 
is that taking off of the ground? Shavone. Well, a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, my joy last week at East Fife being top, You're not of, the top of the league. table anymore. No, we got hammered 3 0 at home to the club that's just come into the football league from non league. And uh, they, they looked woeful. I've got that fun East Fife podcast to record on Sunday. <laughs> so if you want to listen to this, this will come out on Sunday night. And then the East Fife one will come out on Monday. So if you want to hear the joy, I went to bed on Friday night full of joy after the, the White Caps. Got a message from, from Doug that I do the show with over there saying, Oh, nice late win for you guys. That must that's what you want, must make you feel good. I was like, Yep, yeah, going to bed happy. Woke up to a three 0 defeat. East Fife can always manage to do that to me. But anyway, we're not here to talk about East Fife. Unless you want me to, I can do a, a whole three hours on that. But yeah, Gertrude, Chaz and Dave, Bircher. Uh Let's talk a little bit about Simon Bircher. Sadly, as I said, we can no longer say he's got more MLS goals than Insigne. But he's tied with Insigne on MLS goals. Let's just, let's just go for that. But what a whirlwind couple of days. He gets the call up, as we, we touched on at the end of part one there. Uh, comes on in the 82nd minute, and I, I'd, I'd been messaging Mahar during the game, we were just chatting, and I'd said that I hope we get a look at him, because there was nothing, like Toss did a, a lot of running out there, but they needed something in the attack, they needed to to, to bring some kind of spark on, and we, we didn't talk in the first part about what I felt were a couple of weird substitutions, but Vanny... Last year, down that run, was making weird substitutions that we questioned. And we should have learned then that he knows what he's doing. They come good. And you brought on Jake Norwinski for Blackman. And I thought Blackman was having a great game out there. And it's like, why are you bringing Jake on? And yeah. maybe he felt Jake, could Jake get forward more? Was that what he was looking at? I, I don't know. Then when Betcher was coming on, I thought, oh, they're gonna it's going to be on for toss. But no, they... They kept Toss on out there as well, and it was nice to see him coming on. So he came on in the 82nd minute. Six minutes later, he's got his first MLS goal. It's like an absolutely dream debut. A crazy thing uh, about Beecher's goal is he became the fourth player to wear a Whitecaps number 29 jersey to, to score on his MLS debut stroke home debut can, can you work out who the other three were yeah that's pretty easy i think so eric hasley obviously yep 2011 octavio rivero yep 2015 whatever happened to him he's still playing um and uh the third i'm going to say is uh uh dead bull og uh yordi reyna yes in 2017 so that's a lucky number where is the number eight jersey's been cursed uh, over the years, and the number and, nine, you could say, has been cursed as well. And so was the seven for a long time. Yeah, and this, actually, what what ones haven't been cursed over the years? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> poor Jordan Much, he couldn't get his number oh. eight jersey. <laughs> oh man! Should I brought that up in our German show? Um, no, no, you shouldn't. Oh, maybe I shouldn't, but. Yeah, let's get back to Simon Beecher. So, I mean, f fantastic. And I, I was really pleased for, for Simon. I've watched him 
this season with WFC2 and he's worked his ass off in that team this year. He was a little bit frustrated in the early games. He, the breaks just weren't coming. He was playing really well, but the goals just weren't coming. But he's got six goals and two assists from his 18 appearances with the, with the twos now. And he's worked really hard. He's formed a great partnership recently with Easton and Garrow. They've really linked up well, the, the two of them together. He's still just 23, taken this year in, in the draft. And we were... We thought it was a good draft pick and we just needed to see him get these minutes and as you touched on at the end there's like having this second team now to get these guys playing competitively in, it, in some good games. It's it's really seen his play develop, it's given him some amazing confidence. Um, the Whitecaps put Simon up after the, the game so I'll bring you a little bit of audio from that now, just the, the questions that, that I asked him and maybe a, a couple of others as well. Um, yeah, let's just hear from the man of the moment, Simon Beecher. Hey Simon, congratulations on not only your MLS debut, but your MLS debut goal as well. Just talk a little bit about it. Has it sunk in yet or is it going to take a few hours or tomorrow for it to fully sink in? No, I don't think it has. Um... Yeah, it was just, you know, kind of getting in the right spot and those are the positions you want to be in and the ball just fell to me and it was just kind of a reaction, to be honest. So when did you find out you were getting the call up and what was last night like for you? Was it a bit of a, a sleepless night? Um, yeah, I found out earlier this week that I'd at least be training a day or two with the first team and then... Um, on Wednesday afternoon, I found out I'd be on the bench. And then, yeah, and just kind of try and prepare myself. And, you know, it's just another soccer game in a sense. So just trying to keep my nerves calm in, in that sense. You've had a really strong season with, with WFC too. And as the season's gone on, you've kind of really come into your own. And recently you've had a, a good partnership with, with Easton up front. The goals have been coming. How have you seen your game grow this season in MLS Next Pro to, to when you first came in after the draft? Yeah, a lot of it is, you know, getting into the same system as, you know, with the second team that the first team has and, you know, trying to push ourselves at that second team level because there's a lot of ambitious guys, a lot of really good players, guys, or a lot, a lot of really good players on that team. And you've seen that, you know, multiple guys have been called up this year. So, you know, it's a high level there and, you know, just that really prepares you when you do step into, you know, the first team environment, you know, it's kind of the same system. So you don't really have to worry about thinking and all that stuff. You can just kind of uh, play and be yourself. So great stuff there from Simon Beecher, great performance. I mean, it's a short sample size. Zach, but I, I like what he what he brought to the team. And the, the thing with the twos is you want these guys that get given this opportunity to seize it with both hands. It's something we've spoken about a lot in the history of the podcast and something that Carol Robinson spoke about a lot when he gave the young guys opportunities they had to seize it. Mm -hmm. The problem for those guys is they were coming in cold a lot of the time. They weren't playing games with the twos or, or whatever 
they had WFC two for a, a brief spell, but in like twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, when you're you're giving guys like Bustos and Froze minutes into the team, and we spoke about how they maybe weren't integrated properly into it before. Now you've got these guys that are putting themselves in the shop window with WFC two. Vanny's at games watching them, Axel's at games watching them, they've got Nick there feeding back into them as to what they're doing. Vanny worked with a lot of these guys, not obviously Simon Beecher as a draft pick this year, but with a lot of the guys that's in the twos just now, he worked in them last year as under 23 squad before he was the, the first team head coach. Mm-hmm. So it's a hungry team. There's a few guys... For me, knocking on the first team door, Eastern Ungaro, that we spoke to on, on mm-hmm. the last episode, scored again yesterday. It was a bad 3-1 loss for, for the team that's really kind of hit their playoff hopes hard. But Ungaro scored again, four goals in, in three appearances now. D- does he get a call-up, potentially, with Cava suspended? White's got a rib injury, and we don't know whether he'll be good to go, and... Do you go with Toss at the start again? I'd imagine Beecher's going to get another call-up this weekend. You've got to ride that, that good performance, ride that goal, and you do need a striker. I I, I think Ungaro's going to get a look sooner rather than later as well, but I mean, we touched on that at the end of the first part. Having this team, it's just invaluable to the Whitecaps right now, and they're using it very well. Yeah, well, totally. And yeah, you're right. They've got some exciting young uh, attacking uh, talent there that uh, it's going to make them have to make some hard decisions both in these yeah these call ups, uh, but also I think moving forward into next year right like yes I mean this surely has to be like I, I can't see them keeping sorry can you see them keeping toss no again next year when you have the, like three young guys who are kind of knocking on the door surely you got to give one of them the chance unless toss goes in a tear and bangs the goals at the end of the year i'd say no you've got to go with the young guys i mean on garo said he, he's come here because he wants to get into mls exactly now, whether that's with the white caps or somebody else but if you've got a guy that is scoring regularly because mls next pro i know a lot of folk maybe haven't seen the games or whatever it's a good high level and Teams are approaching it differently. A number of teams, they are stacked with the fringe MLS guys. So it's oh, MLS yeah. quality that these young guys are getting well, tested against. Well, and then you look around and you see guys making the, the breakthrough, like Mo Farsi and now has a first-team deal, right, yep. in Columbus. And, and that's exactly another... why he went to, to Columbus. Exactly. And then we had Kwame Awua here that was on, on trial at the start of the year. He went to, to St. Louis's MLS Next Pro team, and he's looking to try and get a, a deal with St. Louis coming to MLS n- next season. And defensively, you've got the, the Capania brothers. One of them, Mateo's mm-hmm. obviously got that MLS deal. Christian, look, we've moved Godoy on. We need a centre-back. I would not be surprised if he maybe gets a couple of looks or, or call-ups. He's a very solid guy. He's had training stints with the national team, so they obviously think highly of him to bring him in uh, for, for that. So this guy's knocking on the door, and the thing is, I said it's a hungry team. They're all pushing each other because they want this deal, but they're also all delighted for each other as well. Because mm. Simon spoke about the there was no family there, but his girlfriend was there, and there was a couple of the WFC two guys that hadn't gone down to to Salt Lake. 
for for the game yesterday that were there cheering him on. And when I spoke to to Ali early in the season and some of the other guys as well, the companion brothers, they're all so happy that these guys are getting these looks. And it's great for the team as well. And it's great then to sell this team next season to other young players of, look, you come in and you do the business here. We've shown that we're we're prepared to call these guys up and, Mm -hmm. and give them a look. So if you're a CPL guy and you're maybe in and out of a CPL team or you're a good talent and you feel you've kind of reached your pinnacle, I I genuinely think that more CPL guys will move to these teams to to try and and get an MLS deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were talking in the past about how drastic the the money difference is between between, uh, CPL and even you. MLS Next Pro, um, let alone MLS itself. So, uh, yeah, the one thing that the Whitecaps, the mistake that they can't make is they can't, um, and I don't think they are. I think they're doing much better this year, especially with these um, short-term contracts or whatever, or or short-term loans or whatever the language is around them, um, is that they can't say now we have a pathway and then not actually use it. And that's why why I brought up the talk about, about TOS later. If you keep TOS, um you are um showing that you you're not you don't really care or you're blocking the pathway essentially essentially is what you're doing yeah i mean toss has got his front office job he's a bit older he was a late addition as well because i mean i think everyone thought he was going to get the deal but it was it was a late addition you've got to give i mean beecher it's a short sample size, but you've also got like Emiliano Brienza who came mm-hmm. in at the start of the year and did well, but then he picked up an injury. And Ali yeah, Ahmed, it's yeah. like he had an injury that has kind of derailed their development a little bit, but you know damn well that Vanny has monitored these and knows what these guys can do. It, it's and the pre-season kind of... camp is going to be very competitive for these guys. Oh, yeah. It's the kind of thing where in this format, you kind of need to be bringing at least one of these at least one of these players through every year. Like at the end of this year, if one of those guys isn't signed up for next year, like before, like, you know, the first day of the season or or the last, you know, the last day before the season starts, or it's kind of like between now and the end of January, one of those guys has to make the breakthrough. Otherwise you're showing, you're not showing uh, that you're actually going to use the pathway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I think they will. I think bet, they will. I bet big amounts Ali Ahmed gets a, a deal. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that is a dead set. I think he would have yeah. had one by now if it hadn't been slightly derailed for the injury. And when he's come in, he's not looked out of place. And these guys can still go and play WFC two as well. And you, you look at the team. You've got like Flo Youngworth. He's on. He's going to not be back next year. I, I think that's pretty obvious. He's on a high ticket as well. Yeah. So that there's guys like that. Do you bring Gadinho back? Do you bring these other guys back? So I think there will be opportunities there. So, I mean, Vanny knows the, the importance of this team mm-hmm. and he was with the under-23s and he knows these guys and it is a good group. And we've said it before, we've banged on a lot about the WFC2 team. If you haven't got out to watch them, not many more home games left this year. Get out to Swan Guard. Aside from anything else, it's a beautiful setting to go out and to watch the football match in. And these guys deserve your support. And mm. they've played a really good season. I, I think it might be a struggle now for them to get into the playoffs. If they can win out, they're still in the mix. But that was a tough loss that, that they had yesterday. But either way, 
it's like get out and support these guys because these are the future of the club and they, the club are using the team well. So talked maybe on Garo will get a call up soon. Maybe on Garo will get a call up this weekend as well if White and Cava can't go. Mm. I think it's almost certain Beecher is going to get a, a another call up because they are going to be down to the bare bones against the the Galaxy. Can can I ask? Uh, maybe this is the wrong moment to ask you this, but there's a few players who, like I know they call these up because they had a whole bunch of people out, but there's at least one player that I can think of that uh, I don't think is injured anymore and was not in the 18. Guti. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was in health and safety as well and just hadn't been announced. But but yeah. But think about the betters, Michael. You can't not you can't not announce that. <laughs> Uh, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I, as far it, as I know, he's he's healthy. How can he not? I mean, other than I guess not being match fit is is an issue. But well, yeah. I mean, he yeah. I, that is probably the, the reason. If you, you come to think of it, I mean, maybe he comes in to the bench. And I mean, these guys that's in health and safety with, with COVID just now, they're going to be back for the game against the Galaxy on Saturday. They're all going to be out of it after, after their five days. So there's a much bigger squad to. To, to pick from the loss of Kava is big because mm-hmm. like he's playing with a swagger just now mm-hmm. he's got eight goals two assists this season 19 appearances his first two seasons here he had nine goals and one assist from 39 appearances so one more goal and he ties the first two seasons combined so this is a much different Kava and he's playing but with a smile he's got he's got a joy again and I think he he's enjoying his football here more than he has in his whole time here. And he's still got another year of his contract to go. I, we, we won't delve too much into Cava because we, we've talked a lot about him, but it's it's nice to see this Cava. Yeah. Well, Michael, it's a World Cup year. and We've talked at yeah. length about how he needs to perform to get into that squad or to not be excluded from that squad. I, I think he's pretty much booked his place now but with his form off late. I, I can't see him being over overtaken now. And also John Herdman knows what he can bring and he's got that experience. 29 now and you need a bit of experience in amongst a very young squad. Let's hear a little bit of audio from Kava after the game yesterday as well. Hey Kava, congratulations on the, the win and the goal. This team... It's like a never say die spirit. They they fight to to the very end. What do you think's brought this out of the team? Vanny said it goes back to to last season, but it, it's something that teams either have it or they haven't. We've seen it before in the league with San Jose, but this team just never gives up. Yeah, I mean, and the team the team has a lot of sacrifice. The team is willing to go the extra mile, and we don't stop fighting until the last minute. And um, I mean, we've, we've how many games have we won so far this season in the last minute? So it shows a lot of uh, shows a lot of character and and great attitude from from the players. So we got to keep this up. And and I mean, here at BC Place is something special because we, we tend to get these games more at home, but uh, also on the road we've been having some 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 fair results as well. Simon talked about once the first goal went in the feeling was there was going to be another coming and it did feel like that and that's something I think the team has installed that right up to the end I always expect the team to get at least one or two goals in the last five minutes stoppage time whatever 
that's something that must have opposition players as well on the back foot because they know what you can now bring right to the very end. I think the second half we started we started better. Uh, we started keeping more possession of the ball, uh, dominating in their half, and just uh, just not giving it away it's too easy. Um, and then obviously trying to get some opportunities in. I had a couple uh, when, once I came on, and you know it, it showed that we were gonna. We were going to win the game, we would make a big turnaround and, you know, after my first goal, my second goal, I mean, I was happy, you know. The joy in your face when you, you got that goal, you really seemed to be enjoying your football at the moment. I was a bit worried you were going to get a second yellow for kicking the corner flag. I thought that was a kind of automatic thing, but I don't know, but you do seem to be really enjoying your football these days. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, I wasn't worried about that. Just the adrenaline, you know, the good feeling of scoring a goal in the last minute. It's something special, especially here at BC Place in front of the fans. In front of uh, in front of the fans who, who that side of the pitch that never get really the attention. So, you know, it was something special for them today. And, you know, I had to go celebrate with them. Um, but yeah, all around, you know, I'm feeling good, confident. And that's that's what's what's important. So, yeah, as I said to Cava there, he's got a smile on his face. He's playing with a real joy. And he just said he wanted to celebrate with that side off the pitch because they don't get to celebrate that much because all our goals mm. have been coming at the other end because we've been shooting down that, that way. But big games are, are coming thick and fast. That Houston game was a must one. You can almost look at every single game that they've got left, which we will be doing in the next part, and say that they're all must-win games. And they start next Saturday with a trip to LA to take on the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Now, Galaxy slump is continuing because they lost on Saturday 4-2 away at Sporting Kansas City. They were 3-0 down at the half. Which is crazy to think that they lost with Kansas City who had such awful, awful year. Yeah, they've been snake-bitten with injuries as well. It's They've just been so unfortunate and... We know what Kansas City are capable of, and they're they're not a team that really should be down the bottom of the West with the, no. the talent that they've got, but they haven't got that consistency dominant in that first half. But then they let the Galaxy come back into it, and they scored two late goals, and then Casey went on, got a, a fourth to, to tie up five minutes into stoppage time. But for the Galaxy, that's one win and five losses in the last six games. Now, they have been better at home than on the road, but in previous years, LA was not a happy hunting ground, just for the Whitecaps in general. They went down there, they've struggled to get points. Still a battle when they go to play LAFC, but in recent years, they've been pretty darn good against the, the Galaxy. The Galaxy didn't have their new Barcelona guy, you no. know, did they? No. Yeah. I don't know how much of a difference maker he's going to be for them, but it, it is following up what they did last year. It's a strong start and then slipped down the, the standings. And Va Vanny, not our Vanny, but the, the bad Vanny, he is the evil Vanny. He is... His coat's on a sugly peg, I, I feel. If they don't make the playoffs this year, I, I don't know how much time they give him. I, I would imagine he'd go, but is that just being trigger-happy? I don't know. Uh, I, I wouldn't disagree that it's a possibility, but I still think he's going to be given a significant amount of time there. I think the Caps can go down there next week and take at least a point. I think that if 
if they follow the the template of so many of their home games this year, I don't. I think LA might create enough chances to like extend a a, a one goal lead. Yeah, but they, remember they are a different team on the road, and they get off to far start fast starts away from home. That is true, but those fast starts haven't always equaled like taking the lead or scoring goals. You know. Yeah, I mean you've got um, to think. As I said, the guys will be back, so Kubis will be back in into yeah, that. Kub- yeah, Kubis is, is huge. The Kubis the back three, I, I don't know if you go with the same starting three again. Do you bring Jake in from maybe Brown? Is that going to be the rotation? I don't think we'll see much uh, of Florian Jungworth in, in the back, barring a heavy workload with midweek games, maybe even. But I think he's out of favour just now, so I think it's kind of perm three from four. For for that defense for for the rest of the season, I think that's a, I think that's fair. Barring any late additions that they bring in, in in the free agency, we'll talk about that a little bit in the next part. What are you hoping for? Well, obviously we're hoping for a win. But what are you expecting down against the Galaxy next week? I I, I don't I don't disagree. They should be back. they should be taking at least a point, but I think it's going to be kind of like a three two kind of game. But I think it might be three two for the Galaxy. See, I'm thinking two-one Whitecaps, but mm-hmm. I, I, I do worry about the front. Like if Brian White can get fit, even in a, a bench role, just to have him to bring off the bench, I, I think would be key. I, I don't know. It, if they bring up on, if they bring up on Garo, can you see them starting him? No, because I could maybe see them starting Betcher. Yeah, because I mean, Toss put in a shift. Oh right, uh, yeah, against Toss, Houston. Yeah. You'd imagine he would get the start again, but in saying that, he put in a shift, but he was pretty ineffective. Yeah, that is true. And he has looked better coming off the bench. That and is again, true. it's an impact player that you've got to bring off the bench if need be. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I genuinely would... If White can't go, I'd start Betcher. If White can go, you've got to start White. I mean, I've had... A, a rib injury in the past and they can be something that takes a while to heal yeah and yeah, totally. you don't want to risk it getting worse and then being out for longer but it has been kind of the, the thing with the white cats with these guys as well it's like they're almost ready to go but you don't want to take that risk that's the whole eric godoy thing yes of course eric is now no longer with the club and but we'll talk about that in the next part we'll also take a look at just to lie the land in the West because it's absolutely batshit crazy right now and there's so much to play for down the stretch. It's going to be a very exciting end to the season and we'll be back looking into that after this. Hi, I'm Vanni Sartini and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Better talk it up. 
Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part is our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of August. German band Electric Callboy, that was their song Pump It, taken from their upcoming 2022 album Techno. And last week I mentioned that Hyper Hyper played was a song that they were going to put into the Eurovision Song Contest. I was wrong. It was this song, Pump It. I mm. mixed them up. So this is the, the one that was going to go in. Again, Metalcore, that song, Eurovision, probably wasn't a good mix, but <laughs> it would have been fun to see them in there. Um, I've got some other interesting songs to play for them over the month. I'm going to go back to their earlier stuff as well, because they actually changed their lead singer two years ago. And... They changed their style slightly, but it's the, some of their early stuff is really good as well. So we'll be bringing you that over the rest of the month. Had someone get in touch saying that they loved the Artist of the Month for August. Always nice to hear that. I just need one person to say they love it, and it makes just makes me feel that we can play more hardcore metal bands on the show. Maybe maybe we'll have Slipknot as Artist of the Month. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's I not. love Slipknot. That's good. I used to go and see them and I had the orange boiler suit that I bought, homemade, and I had Slipknot stuff written on it and things. I've got That's my mask, nice. my gimp mask that I like to wear. Oh, you, yeah, you, you wore that lots. Yeah, not even for the concerts, just... No, yeah. Yeah. I took it to a uh, East Fife game once where it was a, we were doing fancy dress. And Did they I, let I, you in? Well, I didn't have it on initially when I went in and then I'd put it on and I tapped the girl in front who was the wife of one of my friends and she turned around and she nearly shat herself. <laughs> oh, no. I so, it has a, it ser- so it serves a purpose. It, it certainly does. Maybe I'll wear it on next week's show. I'll, I'll dig it out. <laughs> or I'll save it for our Halloween special. Um, but yeah, pump it, electric cowboy, and we're pumped. The supporters are pumped. The players are pumped after that win over Houston. Still a long road ahead for the Whitecaps. And those kind of performances, as we said, they're not sustainable. Vanny knows that. Everyone knows that. They've got to find a way to to make their life a lot easier. Because you look at the table just now, the Caps are sitting 11th in the West. Mm. They're three points off the playoff line. Five points off fourth and six points off third. Absolute nuts how the Western Conference is looking right now. And this has been a fantastic weekend of results for the Whitecaps. We've got to say that as well. Aside from their big three points, Atlanta beat Seattle Mm -hmm. 2-1. Toronto beat Nashville 4-3, in which was a a crazy game as well. And Signe got his his first goal for TFC. Sorry, you got, got a, a couple. Bernadeschi got his second. This one from yes. the penalty spot after yeah. Insignia's woeful kick last week. Yes, he's obviously off off penalty duties now. Yep. Um, it was a, it was a very good win for for TFC. I've got to say, and it was one of those games. It's like well, I don't want TFC to win, but it would really really help the Whitecaps if Nashville don't get any points in this one. Nashville yeah. played well. Mukhtar, again, absolutely yeah. fantastic for, for Th- them. That moved them to within four points of the playoffs in the East as well. Yeah, they're, they're still hanging on there. Which which is which is currently held by the Chicago Fire, in part thanks to their victory over Vancouver. Yeah, well, Fire got a big victory over the Clit today as well. 
Uh, yeah. A 3-2 win away from home. So they're really starting to to fire into it just now. Galaxy lost 4-2, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Austin and San Jose played out a 3-0 draw. Not that we're likely to catch Austin and San Jose is pretty much out of it, but still dropping points. Colorado beat Minnesota, which was good in that Minnesota then dropped points. But it put Colorado above the Whitecaps on the tiebreaker. So mm-hmm. they're, they're now back in it there or thereabouts. LAFC beat RSL 4-1. So that was good because, again, we're not going to be catching LAFC. And Portland and Dallas drew one all. So both dropping points there. That's exactly what you want. And having a look at the, the MLS West just now, there's three teams the you basically say that they're out of it. So Houston on twenty five points and twelfth, San Jose on twenty four and thirteenth, and KC, despite their big win today, still bottom on twenty three. They're out of it now. Even if they go on a big run, there's too many teams that I feel they have to overtake. But you're looking that there is six points between Dallas in third and the Whitecaps in eleventh, and that is lip licking stuff. For, for the running. So Dallas are third on 36. Minnesota on fourth on 35. RSL fifth, 34. Nashville sixth, 33. Portland seventh, 33. Seattle eighth, 32. Galaxy ninth, 30. Colorado tenth, 30. Whitecaps eleventh, 30. Now, that makes the Galaxy game next week absolutely massive. Oh, yeah. Because the wiggle room for the Whitecaps just now is is pretty slim because tiebreakers and stuff that they're not doing great with. They've got 10 games left. Five at home, five away. Galaxy first up next Saturday, then Colorado at home four days later. Then it's RSL away, Nashville home, San Jose away, Colorado away, Galaxy home, Sounders home, Austin home, Minnesota away. Now, if we're realistically talking about the the Caps needing 48 to 50 points, which I don't know now that they necessarily do because of that logjam, because I do feel teams are going to be beating each other left, right and centre. Now, I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because just getting into the playoffs right now is the main thing. But you look at like, the third and the fourth spots and it's like they're in touching distance like you you realistically go on a good run and you could get a home playoff game out of this that's maybe getting ahead of ourselves and it is going to need a lot of work but if we need 18 to 20 points still if we if we still look at it that way it's like how many do do we think we can take from those games and well i'll break mine down and then you you can give Give your thoughts. It's easy to maybe say, oh, we can maybe win all five at home. That gives us 15. We just have to pick a couple up on the the road. Job done. But you look at some of those home games. and Austin. Yeah, Austin and Seattle. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we take from that. Yeah, I agree. I don't know that we win both of those. I don't know that we even get points from both of those. I think we can get a point from Austin. Because it's the second last game of the season, they'll have already Austin, booked their spot by now. Yeah, it's true. Austin might be trying things out. Resting they could for, still for be him. pushing though for first in the West, depending how results have gone. That so is true. there's that as well. Because then it, you're. Uh, 
at it's, home the whole playoffs. Aside from those two games and possibly Minnesota away, which is weird for the Whitecaps to be ending the season away. Yeah. That very really does that ever happen? Maybe maybe it has in that Moss era. Um aside from those last three games, those other games all seem like winnable or not winnable, but like they should be in them, you know what I mean? I mean, absolutely. The last three games are a bit terrifying because I, I, I don't see us necessarily getting a win in any of those last three games. Yeah, that's so fair. Then, then you have to do the job in the in the the first seven. But you so, got to think Salt Lake away and well, yeah. San Jose away. You so gotta. I, I think we can get a point in LA, and okay. you have to look at beating Colorado at home because mm-hmm. again massive game level and points with them as of right now that you beat the galaxy or at least draw with the galaxy and beat colorado you you take four to six points from these next two games you've got a bit of breathing room and you've moved up the table a hundred percent because you're overtaking the teams that you're level and points with Mm -hmm. now if you're if you're taking four let's just say four from the them a draw in in la and, and hopefully a win against colorado so that's four of your 18 to 20. RSL away should be looking at at least a point, maybe all three. We have had mixed results down there, but I think we're going at a, a decent enough time of year. I fancy them to take three from Nashville at home mm-hmm. and then get one to three from San Jose and Colorado away from each game. Yep. I'd hope we could beat San Jose. I- the Colorado one always feels tough because of the altitude. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't matter. You'll have having guys being playing there for the first time ever, uh, like Kubas and Chef and yeah. Well, it was interesting watching the TFC game today because, like Insigne, I mean, it gets hot in Italy, mm-hmm. but he all the players were absolutely soaked through in, in no time. When Mukhtar was taking his penalty, there was like just water dripping off his beard. Um, but their jerseys were all soaked. So it's like, you, you've got these guys coming over, playing in conditions like that, that they're just not used to. Yeah. It's, it's like anyone that comes over from the UK as well, it's like you, you're not playing in those kind of conditions because it's winter seasons and, and stuff. So yeah, it's a good point. It's like, I mean, Ryan Gold, when we spoke to him at the end of the season, said, oh, those games, he was like gassed and Houston with the heat and stuff like that. It just, it took a lot out of him. But my number crunching, I'm thinking we take 15 points from those 10 games. Maybe 18. So, so that would f- put me on 45, 45 or 48? Yeah, which might be enough, depending on how other results go. We could do with a, a string of results where there's draws all round. I mean, that yeah. that would really, really help us. Yeah, I think you're probably being optimistic in that, but... If they do that, yeah, it's hard to see them maybe not you know, finishing outside the, the playoffs. I think this weekend's results have helped hugely because there's been so many points dropped. And if you have another couple of weekends like that, but it's going to be less and less weekends like that because down the stretch now, it's West v. West. Right, exactly. So you're needing Austin and, and LA to to basically beat everyone that, that they play. Usually, in other seasons, you've got the third and the fourth place team that you're kind of rooting for as well. But they're now within touching distance, so you don't kind of want them to to necessarily be picking up wins. But it's going to be interesting. Maybe I'll bring back a, a 
the best case scenario feature that I had a few years ago where what we're looking for every week going into the games. Mm. I enjoyed doing that. But the Whitecaps have made additions, other teams have made additions. Shop now official, Bekel re added. Kind of a bit under the radar that one, but obviously on the bench on Friday night. And Eric Godoy has moved on. And it's best for all parties concerned. I don't think this was the best environment to get him healthy. Playing on on turf pitches wasn't going to help those injuries. He's such a good player. But we said at the end of last season, we said at the start of this season, we've said during this season, if he can't stay healthy... I I was speaking to somebody on, on Thursday. I had lunch with him and we're talking about it. And this was before it was announced. And I said, oh, you've got to at some point like just cut him and just cut your losses and just let him go for the good of the team so you can replace him and that's what they've done and it's the right decision i i don't agree i don't disagree with that my my only question is the timing and like what's the advantage of doing it now i think I've, i think you were telling me that like even if he fully recovers or whatever it's not he's not going to be able to he's not going to be match fit to contribute in like a playoff or whatever well um, i mean he might have been in the playoffs so, but in the, so in then, the running, they can't risk him more than one or two games at a time. So, so what's the advantage to doing this? This, like, I mean, I, I understand cutting your lo- losses, but do that in the off season, no? Yeah, I mean, it could be he wanted to go, so they've done something like that, or maybe they have got a free agent lined up. Yeah, that would make more sense because that is the the one position right now that they have to strengthen. Could be a mutual decision that he just wants to go. And they've said, "Okay, well, we'll let you go, but we won't pay you your salary." Not not that not that you see them using their if they haven't already, which I don't think they have. But you don't, I wouldn't see them using a buyout between now and the end of the season, anyways. But no, I I I wouldn't think it would be. But I mean, it needs replaced. There had been rumours that there was a a guy Berber, but Whitecap said there's never been anything in that. We've not had any talks. That's just paper talk, probably put out by agents. But a, a left-sided centre-back, to me, is mm-hmm. a must for them to try and pick up. And whether yeah. it, whether it is a free agent, I mean, there could be guys available that's looking for deals in Europe just now. And if they don't get picked up, then MLS is their second choice. Yeah, was it the last show we were talking about this? They've had very few left-footed centre-backs in the MLS yeah. era. It's, been, it's like uh, Derek Cornelius and Christian Dean. And I'm struggling to remember any others mm. that were left-footed. So, I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll get Steve on that. He's very good at finding out what free agents are available and stuff. We'll get him trolling transfer market. But let's hope somebody is going to be coming in. They, they've said before they don't want to just make rash signings and just bring someone in for the sake of bringing them in. And that is the right thing to do. You want it to be a long-term thing. That's why I'm thinking someone like Christian Campagna, even if they do yeah. some short-term loans, bring him up. Very solid player. I'm very high on him. And I think he would be great back there. Maybe we can get both the Campagna brothers starting an MLS game. But also, though, Michael, you, you can't say that this would be just a signing for the sake of a signing. This, you need to sign someone who can help you. In yeah, this but push. what I'm meaning is it might not be the person that they're ideally wanting. So they could right, have identified right. a left centre-back, but they can't get him till January or maybe right, the right, next right. transfer window. And 
It, it was interesting. I, I spoke that I'd listened to Nakamura's post-game chat for uh, after the Houston game. And he was saying, he was asked blunt question. Do you feel you have the squad that can compete with the top teams in this conference? And he's like, no, I, I don't. And he said, and we're not going to have one for a while. You're talking several transfer windows before we're in that position. Yes, except for we see this frequently. Uh, this year's uh, example, of course, is Austin, where you can turn things around quicker in MLS than you can in most leagues. Yeah, but 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 Houston find yourself a sixteen goal scorer, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that but helps H- a lot. But Houston does have, I think, yeah, they do have some issues that are harder to solve than others. Yeah, but I mean the uh, Whitecaps, it's, it has been a couple of transfer windows for us to get to this strong position. So sometimes it is slowly, slowly catchy monkey kind of stuff. But good recruiting, and it's got the Whitecaps within touching distance now of the playoffs and. Touching distance off a home playoff game as well, which is absolutely crazy to think about. But that is it pretty much for the show. As I said, the Whitecaps are in touching distance of the playoffs. So for a wavelength song, I've got a song called Do You Wanna Touch? And from a Whitecaps perspective, we, we do want to touch the, the playoffs. It's a band we've been playing their 2020 football-themed album, Armchair Loyal is the name of the band. Their album is All You Need Is In Love. You can get it on Bandcamp and a couple of folk have said that they have downloaded the album and they they really like it. This is their song, which I'll preface it because you know, Zach, I love a bit of innuendo. So this is a song that is basically made up of commentators and pundits talking about football with phrases that could be taken in more than one way. Ah, I Hmm. see. Like balls to the face, that kind of stuff. So this is Armchair Loyal. Do you want to touch? On the football front, we'll be looking at the midfield players, at the defenders, and of course at the strikers. In particular, we'll be looking at the defending pair of Burnleys, and then we're going to take a good look at this striking pair of Bristol's. Right on the edge of the 18-yard box. I don't think there was any contact with the Palace player. I think he just went down on himself. With, with the players behind him. If, if you want to help him, you need to come to the shooter's face. We remember that example of uh, Kasuf, uh, who had the benefit of his Norwich team together for an international break. He drilled them. He drilled them hard until they could barely walk. Final of the, uh, of the Cup Winners' Cup, when Naeem lobbed Seaman from the halfway line.
expect, you know, he's gonna come strong in the tackle and he's gonna come in your face. Armchair Loyal with her innuendo filled Do You Want to Touch, which includes the classic Zach of lobbing semen from 40 yards. It's like never tired of hearing that one. I remember watching that. Was that 95? Oh, I don't know now, but I, yeah, extra time getting into penalties, everyone thought, and then Naeem. Yeah. Oh. Well, this thing, he didn't fully lob it. He, it was like, it wasn't a real shot. It was like a. It was just like he was just sort of hitting the ball, right? Like he would—that wasn't a shot, shot. But I mean, Seaman should have handled that better. I think that's a good way to to end the show. We'd marked it explicit anyway, because <laughs> any song that I play this month with Electric Cowboy is going to have the the show marked explicit. So I guess me a little bit more scope to to play some other fun stuff. So we will be back with our, our show next weekend. Um. Might be our last show for a couple of weeks because I am heading back to Scotland and I'm not sure of the time difference and stuff. 
how we're going to get some of, some of that to work. So we may take a couple of weeks off or I might just do some solo shows or or whatever. So we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. But we'll definitely be back with a show next weekend. Before we go though, Zach, any final thoughts? Anything that you, you've learned this week or where can folk find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zachary M. Uh, no, I'm just really enjoying the Bundesliga of being back. It's uh, so great to watch. Um and yeah, check it out. They've had some games on Sportsnet for, for mm-hmm. free. And today they also had the Dortmund Leverkusen game on ABC um, oh. available. So if you're if you're bemoaning the fact that you have to pay a lot of money to watch leagues like the EPL or the Bel- the Juleper Belgian League, <laughs> so there are some Bundesliga games on kind of, I guess, what we, we'd call basic cable. Yeah, because you also find a few MLS games in various channels. Oh, yeah. I know some of the Boston and Chicago and even yeah. Seattle ones, you, you can pick up. It. Like I've got my time shift package on, on TELUS, and I know there's a lot of cord cutters and people that listen to this show that don't have cable because they, they tell me on Twitter when we, we chat about all, all these things. But, yeah, I mean, you, there, there's ways to find games legally. Of course, there's other nefarious ways to find games. Everyone's tell me to get IPTV and, and save some money but the the other good thing as well get yourself a VPN and then you can watch a lot of stuff on like BBC iPlayer, ITV I mean they're free to view channels, if you get a VPN you can watch Match of the Day on BBC, the English Premiership highlights, you can watch the Championship highlights on ITV this season well, those the, two channels as well of the FA Cup games. So some some of the championship is still in the zone. I saw. Yeah, it, it is. And then the highlight show was on a channel called Quest in the UK for the last couple of years, but it's gone to ITV now. And you can also watch the Scottish Premier highlight sports scene on BBC iPlayer. So if you've never invested in a VPN, highly recommend it. I should probably get in touch with it. Like the VPNs are always sponsoring shows. So yeah. I, a VPN is definitely the the way to go and you can watch football all around the world that way. But that is pretty much it. I just want to finish the, the show. I meant to say this in the last show and I kicked myself because I, I didn't do it. I just want to Probably send yeah. our condolences to Julie Harper's family and friends. Yeah. Uh, I know, Zach, you, you know Julie. I yeah. knew Julie as well friends with her on Facebook and we chatted about football for a number of years. She sent photos to me from RSL games that the Whitecaps were at for the site and she was a a lovely woman, sadly Mm -hmm. passed away after a a long battle with with cancer and they they paid tribute to her. They had a a tailgating party in her memory at the RSL game tonight and just did you see it, any of the live feed? The, the I, live... I didn't. I saw that they were doing it, but I saw I, clips of it. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple of clips post. I didn't didn't watch it live, and it, it was very nice. She was such a a wonderful, kind hearted lady. So just want to send all our love and condolences to our family and friends from all of us at AFTN. Mm-hmm. But that is it for this episode. We'll be back next week, hopefully talking uh, about another big white caps win until then thanks for listening take care and mourn the caps going to your first match is an experience you never forget the atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go wow i'd love to play here one day
you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.